Well, it's great to be back with you here on Memorial Day and having served in the Marine Corps and in the U.S. Army. Uh, this day is, is very special to me, and I know to many of you watching that you serve this country as well. And uh, so this is one of those days that you ho- hold in high regard as well. We're going to be looking at James 1.22. It's kind of the uh, central passage uh, of what I want to talk about today. Uh, but in preparing for today, I've been reading a book called Hero Code. Uh, It was written by a four-star Admiral, uh, William H. McRaven. Uh, He is a retired admiral. Uh, He served as the ninth commander of the United States Special Operations Group, also known as SOCOM. Admiral McRaven is a graduate of the University of Texas at Austin. And upon graduating, he was commissioned to officer in the United States Navy. And then shortly after that, attended BUDS, or SEAL training, which stands for Basic Underwater Demolition. Upon completing training, he was assigned to the highly decorated SEAL Team 6. After becoming the 9th commander of the United States Operations Command, Admiral McRaven organized and oversaw the execution of Operation Neptune Spear. For some of you, you may have no idea what Operation Neptune Spear was, but this operation was a special operations raid that led to the killing of Osama bin Laden May 2, 2011. Admiral McRaven is a number one New York Times bestselling author writing books such as Make Your Bed, Sea Stories, and Hero Code. In his book, Hero Code, Admiral McRaven recounts the story of being in Afghanistan when President Obama was flying in to meet with the president of Afghanistan. Admiral McRaven was briefed uh, later that day that because of the weather, uh, they would not be able to move the POTUS from Bagram Air Force Base to Kabul. And so being relieved by that, he decided to stand down, go to the gym, and get some PT in. While he was there, PT and a young non-commissioned officer come running into the gym and said, Admiral McRaven, the president would like to be briefed on the operations in Afghan, in Afghanistan right now. And so Admiral McRaven ran back. He got into his uniform with about 20 minutes to spare and started towards the, uh, the runway. As he got back in, there were three cars that were leading up to possession. They come up to the gate and the first guy in the, in the car was a sergeant that was over his security. He jumps out, and there's this young Air Force uh, security guard standing here at the gate, and he kind of towers over her and begins to tell her uh, that he needs to let the admiral in to brief the president. The airman refused to do that because see, she didn't have permission uh, to let anybody pass. The sergeant goes back to the admiral's car and begins to tell him what's going on, and, and the uh, command sergeant major was sitting there with the admiral and said, don't worry, sir, I'll take care of this. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the command sergeant major was the highest enlisted person in that area at the time. And so the command sergeant major goes to the airman, begins to tell the airman that the admiral needs to meet with the POTUS and she needs to let them through. Again, she refuses to do so, but says that she is seeking to get permission of whether she can do that or not. Just a few minutes later, the admiral, being aggravated, jumped out. He goes up to the young lady and says, do you not understand that I am an admiral in the United States Navy, that I am over the command here in Afghanistan, yet you still won't let me pass through? And she's like, I'm sorry, sir, I just don't have permission to do that. Just a few minutes go by, and she gets a radio call, and it allows him to go on through the gate. So the three cars pass through. The admiral gets on the plane and briefs the president of the United States about the operations there in Afghanistan. Ten minutes late is when he arrived to the president. And if you've served in the military, you understand that 15 minutes early is normally late. So you can imagine how this admiral felt. After an hour of briefing, the president, Admiral McRaven, was leaving. And as he was coming back through the gate, he told his driver to stop. 
he got out, he, he went to the young airman that had been guarding the gate, and he, he stood over top over in a very loud voice. He said, do you understand because of you, I was 10 minutes late briefing the president. With a, a, a concerned look on her face, she dropped her head and she said, yes, sir, I, I do understand that that was because of me. And then in a very loud voice, he said, what are we going to do about that? She looks back up at him and said, sir, I was just doing what I was supposed to do. Admiral McRaven reaches in his pocket and he pulls out a challenge coin that only he's allowed to give. And he only gives it to exceptional warriors. He places it in her right hand. He said, you did exactly what you were supposed to do. You can come work for me anytime. She looked down again at the coin, then back up at him and said, sir, I was just doing my duty. See, church, that's what you need to know, that if you've never served in the military or never been a part of the military family, we're held to an oath that we take, and we're also held to general orders that we commit to memory. The first general order is this, that I will take charge of my post and all government property in view. The oath that every enlisted member takes is this, I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear truth and allegiance to the same, and that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of the officers appointed over me, according to the regulations and the Uniform Code of Justice. See, there's an exception that every member of the military family would not just be hearers of the oath, but they will be doers. And this is exactly what the young airmen did that dark night in Afghanistan. She was not just a hearer of what she committed to, but she was a doer. James tells us in James chapter 1, verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. See, this is the base of everything that we do as believers. You can read God's word all day and all night, but the truth is if you don't act on it, you're only half the believer that you and I want to be or that God intended us to be. So what's the code? What is the code or the DNA of every hero that has ever been known from Genesis to now? Admiral McRaven covers this in his book, Hero Code, and I believe they are very biblical as well. And they are as follows. Courage. Humility, sacrifice, integrity, compassion, perseverance, duty, hope, joy, and mercy. Winston Churchill once said, Courage is rightly esteemed the first human of human qualities because it is the quality which guarantees all the rest. We see courage all throughout Scripture, from Abraham to the Apostle Paul. Courage is on full display. But what does that really mean to you and I? Joshua is someone we can look to, look to to see what courage is supposed to be and where it comes from. Look with me at Joshua chapter 1 beginning in verse 1. It says this, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. Moses' servant saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, cross the Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I have given to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads I have given to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun would be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. 
Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. See, courage for a believer comes from knowing that God, the one who placed the stars in the heaven, who numbered the hairs on your head. And listen, I know some of y'all are still salty about that, but I'm, I'm sorry, you have what you have. The one whose breath is life and the one who has power over the death says, and we read it in Joshua, I am with you. The second thing that we notice in this passage is that God says that we are to be strong and courageous. See, I believe you can be strong, but not very courageous. However, I do not believe that you can be courageous without being strong. These two go together like mac and cheese. I'm not only talking about strength and muscle, but I'm talking about strength in mind. Our mind is where we draw upon the confidence. confidence. Hebrews 10, 35-36 says, Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have a need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. A young lieutenant was serving in Kandahar, Afghanistan, alongside some army rangers. When the Taliban compound they entered was booby-trapped, Two of the rangers and Lieutenant White stepped on a pressure plate mine and it exploded. The two rangers were killed immediately, but Lieutenant White was medevaced back to the hospital where she later died. Ashley White was one of the first women to serve in the cultural support team, a team that female soldiers interact with women in the combat theater of the country in which they're in. Because many times they could gather intel from these women that men just weren't able to do. Lieutenant White had courage because of the confidence in her training in those that were around her. See, you and I should have courage because of the confidence that we have in Christ and who he is. We can trust that with everything that we have. The second quality that we see in the hero DNA is humility. Humility is defined as a modest or a low view of one's importance. Jesus was sitting at a dinner party one time as those were around him were kind of jockeying for your, if you will, at the position and being the top dog at the table. He begins to tell a parable teaching them about position and about humility and about being a guest. In verse 11 of the 14th chapter of Luke, Jesus says, For anyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. See, I like simple terms for my simple mind. So if I think about it this way, it's if you think of yourself as being a big somebody, God is going to break you down. However, if you see yourself as no more important than the next person, then God will lift you up. Admiral McRaven was sitting at a dinner table with Dr. Kenneth Cooper, a famed exercise cardiologist, his wife. And also at the table was Hall of Fame quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, Roger Staubach, and his wife. And another gentleman by the name of Charlie and his wife, Dottie. Dabra was located closest to Charlie, and so he began to strike up a conversation with this man. With just a minute, within a short amount of time, he found out that Charlie had served in the Air Force, and so did Admiral McRaven's dad. So he began to ask him about what he did in the Air Force. And, of course, Charlie said, I flew a little bit of this, and I flew a little bit of that. And if you served in the military, when a pilot tells you they flew a little bit of this and a little bit of that— it either means that they were really good and got to fly all the aircraft, 
or they weren't really good at any aircraft, and so they just kept kind of moving them around from aircraft to aircraft. The conversation went on for a bit, and, and Charlie began to ask the admiral questions about his family and about his kids and showed great interest in it, and the admiral says that it was almost as if they'd had a lifelong connection. As the party concluded, they were uh, coming down the stairs and into the foyer. And as they were coming to the foyer, the quarterback, Roger Staubach, pulled up beside the admiral. And he says, you guys seem to be having a great conversation. And then Roger said, can you imagine what it must have been like? The admiral kind of looked at Roger Staubach confused. And he said, what, what, what do you mean, what, what, what it must be like? He said, you know, Charlie, Charlie Duke, the 10th youngest man to ever walk on the moon. See, Charlie was a guy that had done it all. He had been in mission control during Apollo 11. He, he was there during Apollo 13 trying to figure out what was going on with the capsule to get it back safely. But yet in talking to this admiral as a national hero, he never talked about walking on the moon. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'd walked on the moon, I would have a shirt that said I walked on the moon. But he showed great humility. It is said the power of humility is, is that it brings us closer together. And the role of every hero is to unite people, not divide them. So the question today is, will you work towards being a more humble believer? The third quality is sacrifice. An author, James Allen, once said, he, would, he who would accomplish little must sacrifice little. He who would achieve much must sacrifice much. And he who would attain highly must sacrifice greatly. Many of you know the story of a Marine Lieutenant, Cleve McClary. He's from Charleston, South Carolina. In Vietnam, atop Hill 146 in the, in the Quan Duc Valley, his 15-man reconnaissance team was tasked with overwatch. The hill they sat on was critical to the North Vietnamese Army, and the North Vietnamese Army knew that they were there. At some point during the, the fight, a grenade was thrown, and Lieutenant McClary suffered the loss of his left arm and his left eye, along with numerous other injuries. Yet Lieutenant McClary had dedicated his life to telling the story of PFC Ralph Johnson. See, PFC Ralph Johnson was from Charleston, just like the lieutenant was. PFC Johnson was a dark green Marine who sacrificed his body by jumping on the grenade that injured Lieutenant McClary. PFC Ralph Johnson was awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor, although he was never there to receive it. Romans 5.8, Paul says, But God demonstrates his own love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, in the church, you can't talk about the quality of sacrifice without talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave himself not because he did anything, but because of everything that we did or that we were going to do. John 15.13 says, You know the verse, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. However, sacrifice is more than just giving of our bodies. It's the giving of our time. It's the giving of our talents. It's the giving of our love. It's the giving of our hands. It's the sacrifice of ourselves and what we want the verses that the Father wants from us when he says that in John 15, 13. That we are to deny ourselves according to Luke and take up our cross and follow him daily. Dwight D. Eisenhower once said that the supreme quality of leadership is unquestionably integrity. Without it, no real success is possible, no matter whether it is on a section gang, a football field, in an army, or in an office. See, integrity is the next quality in the DNA of a hero. Psalms 41, 11 through 12 says, I know that you are pleased with me, for my enemy does not triumph over me. 
because of my integrity. Listen, because of my integrity, you uphold me and set me in your presence forever. When Admiral McRaven was a young officer, he worked in the Pentagon under the leadership of Captain Ted Grabowski. Captain Grabowski had a golden rule that he used anytime dealing with anybody in the Pentagon or anybody in the military. And it was this, that you must never lie or misrepresent the truth. If you do, you will get caught, and then you are of no value to me or anyone. See, no one will trust you, and without trust, none of our work can get done. Those words ring true in the life of a believer as well. In Acts 5, a man named Ananias with his wife had sold a piece of property, and they kept back a portion of the sales for themselves. And as they began to approach the disciples, and, and they laid the money down at the disciples' feet, both of them lied about how much they sold the property for. And the word says that immediately both of them died. See, this was important. It is important because the world cannot believe us. If they can't believe us on one thing, then what makes us think that they'll believe us on anything? See, not having integrity hurts our witness. Admiral McRaven finishes the chapter saying this, Never fear the path that is rocky, steep, or treacherous. There you will find men and women of integrity. There you will find heroes. Having integrity is hard. It is a climb sometimes, and it can be painful, but it is what's required to be a hero. Two more of the qualities in the DNA of a hero are compassion and perseverance. These two Jesus speaks of in the New Testament, and we would be wise to learn and put them into practice as the body of Christ. The next quality that we see in the DNA of a hero is duty. As a believer, we each have a duty. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 through 14 says, the end, of the, mat, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. We know his commandments, don't we? I mean, we know that he says, do not be conformed to this world. We know that he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And trust me, I know my neighbors and some of you know yours. And that is a command that we must keep, although it is very difficult. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and so on and so on and so on. See, that's our duty. And when it comes to duty, the DNA code should read, whatever job I'm given, whatever duty I'm bound by, I will do it to the best of my ability. Hope. Webster defines hope as a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen. Isaiah chapter 40, 31 says, Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. In 1970, an Army Special Forces unit known as the Green Berets planned to conduct, planned to conduct a rescue operation in northern Vietnam. The mission was to free POWs located at a camp called Sun Tê. During the intelligence gathering phase, they learned that some 60-plus POWs were located there. The POWs had been held for some time, and their, their treatment was horrendous, absolutely brutal. As the elite unit landed, they come under intense fire, and the result was over 42 enemy combatants killed. But they also came to the realization that the POWs had been moved. Their mission, in their opinion, was a complete failure. Two years later, the POWs were released, and in 1973, billionaire Ross Perot hosted all of the POWs in San Francisco for a Sun Tay Raiders reunion. 
As the conversation went and through the afternoon, the Green Berets learned that their mission was not a complete failure. POWs began to speak about learning of the mission and realizing that they had not been forgotten. One POW said this, the Raiders gave us hope, and from that day on, we knew we could endure whatever trials came our way. Church, Jesus Christ gives us that kind of hope. And a real spiritual hero realizes this on the mountaintop and the valley. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. The next characteristic in the DNA of a hero is joy. Believers will not always be happy, but with Christ there should always be joy. Psalm 16.11 says, You make known to me my path of life. You will fill me with joy. How? In your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And then finally, the last characteristic in the DNA of a hero is mercy. Gandhi once said that we can never forgive and forgiveness is an attribute to the strong. See, I I believe that we can take forgiveness and mercy and we can kind of combine those two together. See, mercy is when we don't get something that we deserve. And as sinners, we don't deserve we don't deserve to be with Christ. Matter of fact, as sinners, we deserve to be separated from eternity. And it says that unless we trust him, that's what happens. But Jesus said, wait a minute. I will take that punishment and I will bear it on my back on that cross. I will take the punishment for whatever anybody has ever done. And that is mercy. Because it should have been us on that cross. The love was unconditional, but salvation is not. So we have to understand that it comes at a price and the price is believing that Christ died for you and that he died for me and that we have to repent from our sins and trust him and make him Lord of our life. Mercy. Today, we honor those that gave the ultimate sacrifice for the country, for you and I. They were heroes. They embodied some, if not all, the qualities that were mentioned today. And however... It started with standing before someone, raising their right hand, and enlisting or being commissioned into the armed forces. Today, you can be a spiritual hero. However, it starts with you understanding that you must give your life to Christ, to be willing to undergo the training to obtain the qualities that have been enlisted today. See, the the enlistment takes courage. As Admiral McRaven said, courage is the willingness to take one step forward as I confront my fears. So the question today is, will you take that step? Will you embody the code of courage? Will you trust in that so that you can be a spiritual hero for your family, for those in your community, and possibly for somebody around the world? Would you pray with me? Father God, we love you. And God, I pray today that as we think about being a hero and the qualities that it takes, the DNA of a hero, God, we've listed them out. We've talked about integrity. We've talked about courage. We've talked about uh, many different things, joy and mercy, faithfulness. God, I I pray that today, God, if we have never taken that step, if we have never raised that right hand, God, I pray today that we would do that. And God, there are those that are watching today that, God, they embody these qualities But God, I don't believe that you allow heroes to exist only to influence themselves. See, I believe a true hero will pass that down. 
And those qualities are found in the next generation, in the next generation, in the next generation. So God, for those that have these qualities, God, I pray that we would be quick to share them, to teach others, to train them. And that, God, I pray that in doing that, that you would be honored and pleased in all that we do. For you and you alone truly are an awesome God. And we love you and say these things in the precious name of Christ. Amen. Today we honor those that have served and gave the ultimate price. Since the American Revolutionary War, 1,354,664 men and women have died serving our great nation. Many of you, like me, know of someone, or maybe many, that have given their life while serving in the military. Maybe you've served alongside of someone that lost their life. Maybe you have a close or a family member that, that has lost their life. And so today, as we reflect on the sacrifice, I'm going to ask you standing right there where you're at or sitting where you're at to stand with me as we honor those that have served with the playing of TAPS. <laughs> 